Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, my name's Andrew. This is the Jesus Life podcast. And this is actually our first episode ever, which to me, I just want to say something crazy, but I'm not going to because it's our first episode. Like I might later in the episode, but right now, no. Like I'm sticking to the script that doesn't exist. I'm sticking hoping, to it. You're hoping no. to behave. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you I'm want trying. to not behave, but you're trying to behave. Well, obviously it's like when you're sitting in church and you're just like, this is really funny because the preacher has a lisp, but. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be distracting. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. I can handle that. I'm not mature enough. Well, not, handle, not when you're like pastor. seven years old, you know. You're seven. I'm well over seven years old, and I don't think I can handle it. Yeah. Obviously, I said that to deflect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If I heard that right now, I would be lisping. Um, Dude, uh, this is the start of our podcast. So, first of all, who are you slash, like, who are we? And what's your deal with Jesus? Like, when did you meet Jesus? What's your obviously quick story? Because we're not seven years old. We're old parts at this point. What's your story, man? Which is, it's kind of weird, right? To think that we are old. Like, yeah, I don't feel old. I don't feel like an adult yet. No. Um, but you, not st- at all. you start to think like how long it's been since we've been in high school. Yeah. And we're, we're pretty old, dude. Dude. Double. Hey, before we, we dive into that, let's, let's talk about this. Why this podcast? Like, yeah. why did we start it? Let's start with well, you why we started it because you approached me like, I don't know, what, six months ago and said, hey, let's yeah. do a podcast. And I just yeah. came out of a pretty unhealthy situation and I had no intention right. on doing a podcast. Right. So I told yeah, you absolutely which, not. Part of this answer for you, I want to hear, how did I convince you? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not even that I convinced you, but what changed? You know, what made you say, yes, let's do it? Um, dude, I, I just... First of all, I love podcasts. I feel like they're just an amazing way to fill your head and and your downtime with like incredible ideas. And um, and I love listening to them. I feel like it's it's a chance to like listen in on conversations that matter or that could matter or even just ones that make you laugh. I don't know, but it's it's a chance to be somewhere you want to be and you choose to want to be. Um, podcasts are and I know that sounds like frou-frou or whatever but I I just feel like they're so far beyond the like marketing brand or coca-cola commercial or anything they're just real (laughs) you know they're just gritty like this is a real conversation and I think that um, now more than ever we just need authentic real conversations so this podcast for me is not meant to like evangelize people necessarily to uh, to trick anybody into following Jesus or to make anybody make a false confession because there's people in the back row that you want to have see you raise your hand. I follow Jesus today. It's none of that, and it's like I want to I want to show this is two dudes who love Jesus care about one another um, in that order, 
talking about things that matter and things that don't. <laughs> I want to want to have just a, a kind of normal life conversation of like, we love Jesus and, uh, and we want you to know what that looks like day to day because it's in the day to day stuff that you choose to follow Jesus or you don't. So I don't know, man, that I went a lot of places in that, but that's, that's my hope is that this could be a demonstration of what at least our lives look like in that way. No, it's good. How about you? I'm trying to think like what changed my mind. I'll come back to that. Um, I think for me, it's just this idea of, um, when I look at Christian friends and I look at Christians that I know, um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope. It doesn't seem to be a lot of joy, excitement for living this Christian life. Um, oftentimes yeah. it feels like a beatdown and a chore. And sure, there's mm-hmm. aspects to the faith uh, that play into that. But um, it's getting people back to like, man, it's exciting to follow Jesus. Like, what, what, what could we accomplish and where could he take you? And that excitement just billowing up inside of people. Like, I'd love to help them get back there. And I think that's where the podcast is for me is can we help people? just normal people like you and me to to do this. Like, I think, I don't know. There's so many different versions of Christianity out there. And and there's these, there's this, you know, side of hyper spiritualized Christianity um, where everything in the smallest of details has meaning that applies to you directly. Um, And then the other side is this legalistic side of of Christianity, that it's a list of do's and don'ts. And I have to do the right thing to please God and, um, not recognizing that Jesus loves me because of who he is, not because of who I am. Um, or ever thinking about what grace actually is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah. What do they actually die for? Like what, what did he really give you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's hopefully presenting a different view or a different, whatever the word is, um, rather than, you know, what maybe the stereotypical Christian looks like. Yeah. It comes down to like, you know, right before we started this podcast and I dropped my water bottle and I said a curse word. Um, right. It's like one of those things, right? Like it's life. It is what it is. I'm not going to hell because I just said a curse word. Dude, every. We won't get into my views, my theology on curse words though either. And we'll, we'll wait for a future podcast for that. We'll, we'll talk about that at some point, obviously. But what I want to tell you is that my uh, – 19 month old daughter every night during bath time. She's 19 months old. That's crazy. It is insane. She's speaking and coherently, but at bath time, which is after dinner every night, because she loves baths. um, I say, what kind of music do you want? And half the time she says, Jesus. (laughs) And the other half, half, she says, bluegrass, Bluegrass. (laughs) which is, yeah, which is the Avid Brothers or Old Crow Medicine Show. I know I'm from Ohio and you're Sorry. just like, dude, that is so hick. But <laughs> one one line of the Avid Brothers that uh, I've always loved and I think you would resonate with is that uh, during one of their songs, it says, um, Jesus, sometimes I use curse words when I pray. And I'm just like, oh, that's fair. Dude, in the last 48 hours, I've been there, man. I've been, um, I feel like God's been been just doing a lot in my life in the last couple of days. And uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> Sometimes I use I feel like it really comes down to like, are you really praying if you're not cursing? Like, that's the real question, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. We won't go that far. Well, no. <laughs> well, if you're not, if you're not speaking with the same, um, like when I curse, I never, I never do that casually. Maybe, maybe for a joke. And I say curse when I use a potty word, you know, as, <laughs> as our society calls it. Cause I think a curse word is like a curse, you know, but when I, when I use a potty word, um, I do that with emotion. Maybe I'm trying to make somebody laugh. Maybe I'm just really mad. Maybe I hit my finger with a literal hammer, you know, but there's something behind it. It's not just like, uh, I'm throwing this out for no reason. And, uh, I feel like that's, that's the nature of prayer is like, if you are having a real conversation and you're really talking, there's something behind it. You know, you're not just like, hey, how you doing, Josh? <laughs> What's going on? Well, there's a there's a realness know. and a rawness, right? Like, yeah. typically curse words, unless they're a part of your just normal language, um, which there are some curse words that are part of my normal language. Um, they're coming from a place of, of rawness. It's frustration or anger or excitement or happiness. Right. Um, yeah. And like, if you're not having those kind of conversations with God, man, you're missing out. Totally. I mean, because that's where he meets you is like where you actually have need of like, Jesus, this has been a horrible day. And as I look at it, the entire reason it's been horrible is because of me. <laughs> that's fair. Can we talk about that? Even though I don't want to talk about that. Like those, that prayers, those prayers are actually easier for me than the prayers really? of God. This is a horrible day. But it's your people that made it horrible. <laughs> like, That's only do something because... about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's only because you have been a pastor for a lot of time. Um, and I, I've only been in like a lot of volunteer leadership roles of church and stuff. So, dude, before we keep going down this good rabbit hole, who are you? Uh why are you doing this? Who am I? I know you said um, what you want it to become, but like, yeah. what do you, yeah, what do you hope for it? Who are you? Uh, I'm Josh. Um, <laughs> it's good to meet you, Andrew, for the first time. Josh. Just kidding. We've known each other for eight years, I think. Since the something ad, like that. ad agency called us. Um, yeah. Since and put us together. They said, hey, you could, you two would work so well. <laughs> uh, imagine? No. no, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in ministry since 2004 with a hiatus in the middle of it um, to go work for the real, the real world, <clears throat> as pastors like to call it. Um, grew up in a Christian home, gave my life to Jesus going into seventh grade. As far as I can yeah. remember, that's the first time I ever remember hearing the gospel. Um, now it was the hellfire and brimstones style of gospel, right? Avoid hell rather than, you know, come to repentance. Live um, for the kingdom today. Yeah. 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 Um, but spent most of my life in youth group and, um, you know, as your typical youth group kid that was open every time or was there every time the church doors were open. And, um, you know, most of my friends that I spent majority of my time with were, were from the church. Yeah. Um, then I got right into ministry and, um, you know, out of high school and um, I found myself in a place where everybody that I knew and I interacted with regularly were Christians. 
uh, yeah. and kind of got dissatisfied with that version of church. Mm-hmm. Um, is this all it is? And kind of Jesus took me on a four, four and a half year journey, uh, trying, you know, trying to teach me what it meant to really love God and love people. Um, so I went to go work for a, a different, couple of different companies that held very different views and moral standards than I did and yeah. um, learned what it me- meant to be friends with, with non-Christians, those that don't believe what I believe mm-hmm. um, and love them well and care for them. And it's still a journey. Um, it's a journey that's not over. I don't love people and love God perfectly or even well at times, <laughs> yeah. but uh, that's kind of the journey. And uh, God brought me out to Colorado and, I've been here for eight years. Uh, I guess a little, little over eight years, maybe. Hmm. Maybe not quite eight years yet. I can't remember when I moved here. Who knows, dude? Um, and that's coronavirus that's time, where you and I met. Like four weeks has been like at least a year. Nobody knows what time it is. Yeah, it's true. I forgot what day it was today. Yeah. Um, and I even like went to church online, and I forgot what day it was today. Uh, yeah, sure. so there's, there's that. We can do that literally any day right now. <laughs> I do. Forever from and you can visit so many churches. Um, you could go to thing. any church across the U.S. forever. Even on. churches that like, you know, my first ministry job, um, I was a junior high director, uh, and that church has never broadcast their services before, and now they're yeah. broadcasting because of corona. So I get to kind of see right. what's going on and at least get a small peek into their church life again. And, right. Um, but yeah, so we met because I came out here and we met at the same church and, you know, you and I have been doing life together for a while and been accountability partners for a year and a half, two years, something like that. Dude, at um, least a couple years. Yeah. And, so and it's, before that, just solid friends for sure. sure. Yeah. So it's kind of bringing the audience or people that are listening into our time, our conversations, maybe not to the raw you know, right. truth side, at least not at first. We got to get to know these people before. Yeah, you know, we're we'll both eights. We got to, we got to build be that trust before I, I'm vulnerable and open up, but right. we'll right. get there. Uh, we'll but see. yeah, that's kind of my story. And, um, you know, still learning what it means to love God and love people well. Uh, and I just hit my chair. We're on Zoom right now. So you can see me. Do you see me just drop like I a can, foot? but nobody else, nobody else can see you on these first few episodes. So it's just, <laughs> you know, playing with buttons on the bottom of my chair and I just Dude, it happens. dropped the foot. That's the thing behind work meetings that nobody knows is like <laughs> that happens on camera or on conference call, but it's all on zoom right now more mm. than anybody wants to admit. For sure. Yeah. One For time sure. before I go one time <laughs> before I answer the official question, one time I was talking to a dude and fortunately it was a one-on-one meeting and, uh, I was on a wooden chair. We had just moved to Pennsylvania. We were living at Jana's parents' house. And dude, I my chair split in two as I was talking uh-huh. on Zoom with headphones in. Like butt to the ground. <laughs> dude, butt to the ground faster than I imagined. There was no warning. That's funny. And, I didn't know and, that. Dude, the funniest part was suddenly I went from this view of Zoom to only the very top of my head, which went sideways <laughs> and fell out. And the guy's like, what happened? Dude, but my headphones stayed in the entire time. So he heard, and then I stood up and was like, dude, my chair literally just broke. 
I'm sorry. And I think it was right after New Year's and I said something about like, maybe I need to start like dieting, you know, or something like that. But it was ridiculous. So that's it happens. What's what's your story, Andrew? Yeah. Well, um, man, you did it so so eloquent, eloquently and quickly. Um, but this I, is why we're friends because you just prop me up and kiss my butt constantly. It makes me feel good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for, man. Um, no, uh, I grew up in southeastern Ohio, and um, I grew up in this like pretty hick town. Um, but middle class in it. And uh, all my best friends were like farmers and just salt of the earth kind of people. And I grew up in a uh, church that preached uh, the gospel a lot and um, but kind of did it on this side of, of heaven. Like kind of like, you know, you get saved to become a Christian and here's how to like, uh, bring others into Christianity through argument, you know? Um, but even at that, like, man, my, my parents, they're still together. They're, they raised all three of us kids and, uh, they're great people. They love Jesus and they love us and they, um, brought us up. Well, I would think, um, I think, um, so anyway, um, they, as a result of, of their upbringing and being a part of the church, um, I remember praying for the first time to accept Christ when I was seven years old um, and I was in the bathtub. And I was like, I want to pray to receive Jesus, that thing we talked about. I don't remember if it was on a Sunday or a couple days later or when, but I remember thinking about like the church service. I want to receive Jesus, you know, and so it we're felt like some of your best thinking yeah. in the bathtub, in the shower. Totally, <laughs> totally. shower slash bathtub. I need to get a whiteboard in the shower because that actually is like half the time I think of really good things in the shower and then I can't put them back together the same way. You could just yell to your wife, honey, write this down. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'll try that next time. We'll see. Um, Jenna is super submissive. No, <laughs> so, uh, so that probably won't work out at all. But anyway, man, from there, um, I like, I got really good, like in mid high school, uh, at going to church and being like, um, somebody in the youth group that my pastor looked at as a leader. Um, but also like on the soccer field and, and track course. I guess, rink, I don't know the right track field, um, whatever. Track is like what it's called. Yeah. Like um, on, on the track, on the oh, track, yeah, track. On the track. I got, I got good at being a jock. That was pretty popular as well. So I was like going to parties all the time. And then on Wednesdays and Sundays going to youth functions. And I just had like two pretty isolated groups of friends and, um, and man, I lived that way through the end of high school, where it was like, I, as I got older and older, like it, it ate at me, man, like I did not like it. So um, I went, I, 
when I was 18, I fully intended on going to a uh, college, OU Athens, which is like a huge school number. Then it was the number one or two party school in the nation. And I was like, I'm going to go there and just have a good time. And my parents, um, who pray for me every day and have for as long probably as I've been alive, um, were like, hey, we're not going to help you financially if you go to OU Athens. Um, they might have said that. They might have never said that. But they're like, just go at least check out a Christian university, you know? So I went to one and um, <clears throat> it was the first time in my life where I felt God's directive call on my life of like, you have to <laughs> go here. If you don't, you are in the wrong, you know, like just, just really kind, but really, really clear. <laughs> you have to, or you're in the wrong. Um, so anyway, I went there and like, Dude, mid-year in my freshman year, um, I was looking around and I was like, everybody here is a liar. Like they, not everybody, but so many people here are just like filled with joy, you know, or like they seem like you're hoity-toity, like everything is great. This is the best. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like they seem too good to be true, essentially. And as I look back on it, dude, that was just me uh, being like seeing through my lens of like, I'm too, I'm living two lives. And um, towards the, the middle of freshman year before Christmas break, I remember praying a prayer of God. I want to be fully for you um, or I don't ever want to pretend like I am. That's so good. do something, That's good prayer. you know? And well, it's like, it's an ultimatum, which I wouldn't like encourage somebody to, to do necessarily. Um, unless it's honest, I suppose. But I made deals with God my entire childhood. Like <laughs> I played, I played hockey growing up uh, and I was a goalie. And like, if I was having a bad game, it'd be like, God, I'll be the best Christian in the entire world moving forward. If you let me win this game. Dude, I'm not I sure it ever worked. Yeah. If you can let me make the save, I will be the yeah. best. I will the best go to Christian. I'll go to group camp. I yeah, will. I'll stop doing all the bad things. Yeah, I'll quit it all. Oh man, no, and I just need to go uh, to hockey. Yeah, that's awesome. No man, it it was it was funny. I woke up the next morning, and you know, because I said that that ultimatum late at night. As I assume you say any series ultimatum, um, it's late at night, you know, and then you go to bed or you stay up all night. I went to bed and uh, dude, I just woke up with this like, um, I don't know, it was answered uh, in my soul, <laughs> even though not like in words, it was just like, yes, I'm real before me, you know? There were no audible words there. Maybe I dreamt stuff all night. That was like, awesome. I don't know. Maybe I'll see it one day in heaven, but, um, but I woke up just like stubbornly, stubbornly con sure 
not convicted, sure, that like God was real and that uh, it was the God of the Bible and that I should live for him, you know? So I'm not perfect. I'm super far from perfect. I messed up in big ways that I've called you recently about, <laughs> you know, we talk every week and it's like, here's some stuff wrong with me. Um, but just called you the other day and um, there's some of that. So not perfect. And I don't think that's the way Jesus necessarily intended it. But um, since that day, which was just before Christmas break, 2008, just before 2009, um, I've been trying and I've been, I've been trying to live uh, a God loving life and a, and a life that looks maybe more like Jesus over time um, for sure. So how's that been different know. for you? Like living this life compared to living the life you lived before that decision or that moment, man. Um, as I think about back about it, like the thing that killed me about that was I was focused on like, what would my parents think if they knew the truth, uh, versus the truth, you know, what my life looked like. So I had to have like all these things in balance and I had to remember a lot of stuff, um, that I don't know. I just had to maintain a lot of lies. And I think it's been freeing in a lot of ways to have like an understanding of who Jesus is. Um, But at the same time, it's been, um, it's, (laughs) you get to know Jesus and you get to understand his standards. And uh, there's always an upward call, you know, there's always like a, okay, I got through this day or week or month. And then you look back at it and like, man, in my best effort, maybe, maybe I'm at like 70% of where I should have been. But then when you know Jesus, you understand like you're obviously never 100% perfect. If you were, you don't need him. (laughs) But when you know him, you understand that grace where it reminds me of, um, the office episode with um, Pam's mom or Pam's grandma. Uh, I think it's at the wedding and they're talking about being perfect. And she's like, if perfection wasn't an option, I wouldn't live. Like what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. As Pam's pregnant and like doing a shotgun wedding, just secretly from grandma or Nana or whatever she called her. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's it's that except uh, except the grace filled version. So I don't know. I just feel like there's always a next step, and I think that as exciting as as heaven will be one day, um, I think that Jesus lived for the here and now. You know, like I think his teachings were for today and tomorrow and the next day. So I guess that's the cool thing is it's not. It's not dead, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway, aside from my uh, testimony, like I, um, the only way I've ever been paid by a church was for, to run the coffee shop. Um, nice. <laughs> you know, I've never been a pastor. Um, I've always been a leader, probably because I'm an Enneagram 8, you know? So people just like 
that guy has a plan. <laughs> he has some, some serious opinions about stuff. It's funny. When you say that you're an eight, oftentimes I think you're lying to me. Um, yeah. Mainly because I don't like any eights. Uh, right. All the eights that I know, I'd rather not spend any time with them. Uh, See, but you're but a dude I that think, I like to spend time with. Dude, uh, I think me. I hang out it's in like my mind-boggling to me most of the time. But under stress, I'm just like, no, yes, no, yes, no, never. <laughs> you know, it's like I just move. I don't know. That wasn't a great example, but I moved to very directive. You know, eight. But I like hanging out with you too, even though it's kind of hard for me to believe you're an eight as well. Um, but anyway, more on maybe that. We've, maybe we both misrepresented their numbers, and we're still trying to figure it out. Which I think is all of what the Enneagram is. Yeah. For sure. So, dude, um, anyway, um, this this sounds uh, a little bit goofy, but I have a question for you in this time. Um, Like, with coronavirus going... I feel like you're about to propose to me. I'm not sure what's about to happen. No, I was was deciding which question to ask. with coronavirus, like, full bore going, and, like, I guess some states are opening a little bit, but it's been a weird season of lockdown, and we're still kind of in it. Um, what's the funniest thing about it? What's the funniest <laughs> thing about it? Yes. Oh, man. I have no idea. I'm not sure there is any funny things about it. Crap. Like, at least not that's happened to me. No, um, well, I have I have a thing that I think is funny. Now you're just saying, like, you're taking the high road. No, 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 no. I'm not taking the high road like, this is a serious situation. We can't joke about it. I'm just, like, generally thinking, no, most of this has just been boring. Um, I can't think of anything that's been fun or, or even, in like, funny. Um like it's those probably the funniest moments are like when you're meeting with your team um, and like there's those outbursts of just like frustration, like not because you're angry at what we're talking. Usually you're not talking about anything of importance, um, but it's just like these moments of like people are just like, I'm so sick of being home and not being around people. And I'm just right. going to take it out on all of you right now. That's, that's probably the right. only time that I'd be like, that's pretty funny. Other than that, just usually pretty mundane and boring. Like I can't wait. I didn't realize how much of an extrovert I was. Until yep. going into coronavirus, where you're like, I need to be around people. That's fair. Man, your example is is good and so relatable to so many. Um, the thing that I think is funny about it, which let me preface this with, there's a lot of very unfunny stuff about it. Um, we're at what, like May 3rd right now, when we're doing this first episode, May 3rd, 2020. So we're in the thick of it. But, and, and I know it's getting more and more intense across the developing world. Like there's a lot of very not funny stuff happening um, or for an international nonprofit. And I get like 40 disaster uh, emails a day with specifics of what's going on. It's rough. So the funniest part <laughs> to me <laughs> of this entire thing is that America's first response to major pandemic on the way was I have to buy 90 rolls of toilet paper immediately because like, dude, I think that shows something like 
everybody I'm like what this... started it dude maybe they're school. like the last maybe the last time i had the flu it was i needed a lot of toilet paper so that's why they went i got toilet paper like i wonder if we could go back to like that moment in time where like it shifted <laughs> like enough dude. people bought the toilet paper that news started to report on it and now it became a thing like everyone has to I think everyone who in fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth grade had a pants pooping moment, um, they thought to themselves, yeah, everybody at once who pooped their pants in fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, like the middle school prime years, yeah, that's which bad. I wasn't one of them. I just calmly that was got my next question. Control. I was yeah. like super no, curious. I didn't. I didn't do that. But I think everybody who did was just like, get 200 rolls right now i will never <laughs> i will never have to deal with that again um, no. if i gotta go i need to know my toilet paper is solid for this occasion um that's so, just a funny yeah, that is one of those like it, well like, it's gonna okay. be like it'll be years from now it's like for um um 9 11 not 9 11 yes. sorry for the millennium when we had 2000 rolled around Yes. Um, like Y2K, my stepdad, Y2K. Yeah, yes, that's the word. Um, it's been a while. Um, my uh, my stepdad bought like tons of gasoline for this generator oh. that could power our entire block. And yes. um, it's going to be like that where like it's years later and you have all these <laughs> toilet paper rolls and you're like, what am I going to do with them? <laughs> like, I guess we're just <laughs> we're handing them out as like birthday and Christmas <laughs> presents just to get rid of this stockpile of toilet paper. The toilet paper roll will forever be an icon out of this thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What do you for think? Sure. What do you think Jesus is like saying um, <laughs> in this time? Like, uh, I know that toilet paper thing was dumb, but it is kind of funny. But like, what's he saying? Either I don't know to you, or do you have any idea what he might be saying to like the wider no the peoples? You know no. What like, do you think is going on? That's way above my pay grade in terms of what Jesus is doing right now or not doing right now. Yeah, like I'm, if he's in this or not in this. Um, so I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure I'd ever take a possession or a position, sorry, on what that may or may not be. I don't think right. it matters. Um, I think our response to it matters. Like, yeah. um, how are you dealing with this? How are you still living out the great commandments, the great commissions in the midst, in the midst of this yeah. as Jesus commanded us to you? Um, yeah. but not why, like, I don't know why, yeah. um, don't want to go there personally. I don't know. I don't know if there's like anything specific to Corona that Jesus is teaching me. Hmm. Um, you have a lot more time on your hands to kind of sit, think and sit on the back porch and just pray and listen to God. Yeah. Um, but the thing that's kind of impressed on me over the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, I was just telling a buddy about this couple weeks ago um is this idea that like you know we, we talk in the christian faith about loving people you have to love people yeah. well and um jesus puts it you know love others more than you love yourself yeah um, and i think the eye-opening thing for me in the midst of that was you can't truly love somebody without sacrificing for them hmm. um and if, at least for my personality it's like I can love people. I can do things for people. I should say that way better than love people. I can serve them. I can care for them. 
um, I can put on the facade of care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all reality, like if I'm not really sacrificing anything for them, I'm probably not really actually loving them. Like either it's convenient for me to do these things or I get something out of it. You know, it's like when Jesus tells us, right. um, you know, if, you know, it's easy to love our, our family. It's easy to love our brothers or sisters. How much harder is it to love the stranger that's never going to love you back? Yeah. I butchered all those verses. That's the Josh Bertram translation. Um, Wait, but J- at the end of that, doesn't it say like nobody would die? No man would die for a righteous man, but one might die for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's those yeah. verses. Yeah. Um, but that's like, that's real love right there at that point. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's, it's taking a step back and saying, how, how do I sacrifice in this moment um, for the sake of this person? For whatever they might need, whatever whatever the issue is or whatever the form of love I'm showing them is. And we're not like – it's more than just like I'm going to sacrifice my time and energy. Though those things are important and you know they have an impact on our lives. Um, it, like there's a greater piece of that. Like um, Bob Goff likes to say um, – I can't remember in which book. If you haven't read anything by Bob Goff, by the way, you need to. A phenomenal writer. Um, but he, he has a book called Love Does and – Love Always, I think, are his two books. Um, and he has this concept inside of him that says, I just have to love you for the next 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like it's that, I'm just going to love you for the next 30 seconds. It's like in those difficult situations with those difficult people, with those enemies that I'm called to love. And he yeah. shares stories, pretty remarkable stories of um, how evil um, an individual is. And he chose to love this individual that caused him and so many others pain. Um, how do you love them well? Um, it's how do you sacrifice for them um, and what are you giving up so they can it can experience not just your love but Christ's love right like that's the ultimate goal um, so that's probably the biggest thing I'm kind of wrestling through now and even like going back and reflecting on different situations through my life where you're like man like it was just me being selfish that took mm-hmm. that situation to that place or it's me being selfish and not engaging enough um, to love that person well and you know, we split ways or whatever happens to be. Yeah. But yeah, man. what about for you? I don't know. Well, like you said, well, uh, I don't know what in the world Jesus is saying to all of humanity. Like, I don't know, uh, which way he's still steering the ship. Um, but I know he is. Um, but man, in my life, um, Easter, just happened not long ago, which again, coronavirus, everything feels like 10 times as long or way less as long. So sense of time is weird because we're not going places we normally go, but Easter happened. And on Good Friday, normally, well, our church that I was excited to go to their Good Friday service because we moved to Pennsylvania not, not that long ago. You know, so I hadn't been to Good Friday service. I was excited to go check that out. And, um, dude, the service didn't happen. So it was Good Friday. And we were at home. And it was just uh, my wife, uh, Catherine, and I. Catherine's my little daughter, for those listening. Um, And anyway, we were just at home. And I think we put her to bed. And it was like, you know, 7.30, p.m. And I just, man, Janet and I were talking about 
the term Good Friday. Um, and like growing up, I always felt like, what's good about this? You know, it's only good if you know Sunday or Monday or whatever, you know, a couple of days, two and a half, three days from now. That's the only thing that makes it good. So I was just thinking about it and I like, it was impressed upon me like, dude, what if I was one of those people following Jesus as like one of the disciples of like, this is my dude. And I don't think he's just a good guy. I don't think he's just a prophet. I think he is the savior of man. I think he's the guy that all the other books are about. He, I've seen him do all this incredible stuff. I watched him literally touch a leper three feet from me, not COVID-19 six feet away. Like he got up there, touched him. I was three feet away because it's a leper, you know, like seeing it from that perspective. And then, um, then on Good Friday, uh, that dude, you watch get nailed to a cross and you're like, no, not real. No, not going to happen. Um, then uh, you watch him yelling out in pain for a long time. And slowly he dies. And maybe you hear what he's saying as that happens, or maybe you don't. <laughs> you know, like you're in grief because that's your dude. That is the guy that you put your faith in. And then you're sitting change there. everything, right? Like dude. that was their king messiah that they were waiting for, like. He was the one that, that was going to conquer it all and change it all. Everything. And then for the next few days, you're sitting there and you're like, you're probably hiding your face from public. You're quarantining, if you will. And it's just like, for the next few days, you are thinking like, I'm the idiot. Yeah. How did I get sucked into this? How can I go back and tell people like, Dude, if if Peter doubted as much as Peter doubted when Jesus told him before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times, dude. Like, you know, every one of those dudes, which would include me because I'm not some special person, um, doubted. Like, I'm the idiot. I was wrong. How do I tell my family? How do I make up an excuse of like, I got sucked into this thing, you know? And I just tried to like, live in that for a few days because i never i'm an optimist man like i don't i don't want to live in that what's not good about good friday you know talk yeah. and thinking and this one was unique to me because i i could you know there wasn't much noise there wasn't much going on or there was no going out we weren't planning for a big event uh we were staying home yeah and uh i don't know i just like it it honestly, that was encouraging to me because it was like, yeah, if you sit in that for a little bit and you process that, like I think most of us would, then uh, then you come out of it on Easter Sunday uh, or whatever of like Jesus is resurrected on that day and you find out, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day you find out and you're just like all that that small voice in the back of your head that was like, no, you were right to follow this dude. He is the guy still, even though you can't see it in this moment. In that moment, 
you hear he's alive and you're like, I gotta find out right now. You know, like I want to. How often does that happen in our lives though, right? Like that seems to be the story of faith, right? Like our faith increasing is going through those moments. Um, Like you're coming out of the year of the chicken, right? Where, you know, a lot of things didn't happen the way that you wanted them to. And um, in the midst of those bad days, right? Those three days, Mm -hmm. that time in between, um, where you're like, well, God, I thought you were God. Like, I thought you were all powerful. I thought you could intervene in anything. I thought you could fix this. Yeah. And you haven't done yeah. any of this. Um, it's in that waiting, right, that our faith increases and grows and makes the fulfillment of our waiting that much greater. So like yeah. when Jesus does come through or you, you see enough times gone by and your perspective's changed enough, you're like, oh, look at how he was at work. Maybe not the way that I thought. Uh, makes those moments so much sweeter. But yeah, getting through those three days. Oh my gosh, we should write a book on it. Dude, <laughs> this, is, the, this is how you get through three days. Like this is how it yeah. feels. This is what it looks like. Well, dude, and you, and uh, I agree with all of what you just said. But at the end of those three days, at that moment when you realize, like that tiny, tiny voice inside my head that was like, "Andrew, you were a rational person." Like. Jesus was the dude. You knew it. He's worth following. All of that. Yeah. That moment where that proves right, and you gotta go like, money, money. Like I knew the whole time. <laughs> like you know, that's what I was thinking. It was just like, uh, like how many of the disciples were just like, I was like, I told you so. I told you this was legit. <laughs> yeah, but then in the back of their mind, they're also thinking like. Dude, I hope he cannot read minds because he, <laughs> I hope he was really like himself. not around. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. That was that was cool. That was I don't know that I would have thought about any of that in that same way if coronavirus wasn't a thing we're all a pandemic yeah. we're all dealing with, you know? That's um, fair. So that was cool for me. That is cool. And then aside from that, man which ironically just in the last 48 hours, God has told me uh, to be way more vulnerable in my life and way more honest about the things that, um, that I'm struggling with because I do not want to do that at all ever. And um, anyway, he just, he smacked me in the face and was like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be, honest and vulnerable about the stuff going on in your life. So um, I'm working on that. It's only been a, a day and a half and, no, uh, and I'm not going to spill the hardest thing. Yeah. But I, but I, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have heard it if it wasn't during a pandemic, who knows. Um, mm. But I think God's speaking a lot and I don't know what he's saying to everybody, but I know he said those two things to me. So that's good. I'm encouraged. Well, I think that. like for most people going through this, I guess if they embrace it as followers of Jesus, if they don't, then maybe they miss it. But like we live such busy lives as Americans, like our yeah. schedules are full. We take pride in the fact that our schedules are full. We move from one thing to the next. You know, I, uh, my last church, like we were just crazy busy. Like I always, my schedule was always full. And there's definitely a massive yeah. part of me that took pride in that of like, look how impressive and important I am because I have yeah. all these meetings that I have to, I have to attend. Um, but now all that's gone. Um, so part of that is like, if that was your identity, like that's going to do a number, right? Um, but now you're in this season of like, you have more time on your hands to slow down, 
to be still, to listen to what God is doing and, and to have conversations with him. Um, like you'd have conversations like we're having right now, like just a conversation back and forth and things that they didn't have time for, they now have time for. So like, I wonder coming out of this for the church and by the time you're listening to this, um, we're probably out of this, depending on how quickly we get these kind of things up. But, um, like, I'm curious what happens to the church coming out of this. Right. do right. we see a greater and I when I say the church, I'm not necessarily talking about organizations, I'm talking about the people of God. Um, like do we come out of this more in tune to God's voice and how he's moving and um, a deeper love and a deeper um, appreciation for things? Yeah. Um, or do we try to get back to the status quo as quick as possible? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things, and I'd be curious what your thoughts are too this on this too, but I think one of the biggest things are the importance of relationship. I think if nothing else comes out of Corona, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And the churches, the groups of people that gather together and um, relationship was a big portion of their their church experience. They already did life with people. Um, I would assume they continue to do life with people through this. For those that it didn't and don't do life with people in that way, I think they're going to struggle. My guess is their faith is going to be affected or they're going to walk away and not come back. Yeah. Um, I think churches that didn't build or organizational churches that didn't build culture of relationship and community and true relationship and community, I think you're going to see them start falling off the map a lot faster if they haven't already, right? Like giving's down across the board. That's a thing. Um, No denying it. Uh, And if they don't come back, giving stays down. Um, But I don't know. I think whether God's in this or not, I don't know, but I think coming out of this, I think there's a lot of benefit for the church. I think we're going to be healthier in the long run. I think followers of Jesus are going to be healthier in the long run. I think relationships going to be at the forefront of what we're doing and what we're thinking now. Um, And hopefully, you know, there's a new normal coming out of this rather than getting back to the old ways. But dude, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any getting back to the old ways. I think so much has shifted so quickly that, uh, that it's going to precipitate change. And like the, one of the guys, an elder of our church, um, you know, we're in May 3rd right now. Um, he really thinks that it's going to be like September till we're back at church, Dang. which dude, think about that. I mean, it was That's possible what? like for large, it was late to March. Come. Yeah. It what, was it like mid late March when all of this really ramped up in the U.S. USA. Yeah, like, I think we like I'm trying to remember. I want to say the ninth we all went remote yeah. from work, and I think the yeah. state shut down the week after. Yeah, so it's Something just like, that. dude, what does it look like after doing this for roughly six months? You know, and I think I don't know. Like I. I think there's going to be a ton of change. I've worked from home for most of the last seven years, um, which for me, home is fortunately now on a a big yard and a big garden. And I have a project in the basement that I've been working on. So there's been a lot to do in this kind of downtime, but I've still been working. And um, I don't know, it's been been a weird change because it's like so many people around me have come to this like I'm working from home place and and figured that out um but for me I'm just like dude I'm busier than ever I have an under two-year-old 
uh, kid who needs a lot. I have a basement project, uh, garden. We just got baby chickens. Like there's a lot to do, but um, bring it back. Uh, church, what that might look like. Dude, I think the church, it, I feel like it's a separation from of the wheat from the chaff, which I think, and I don't say that to be like prideful um, at all. I just think, like you said, in better words, the churches that cared about relationship and pushed towards that are going to thrive. And the ones that didn't probably aren't like, I don't know, man. And I feel like also the people who cared about relationship are going to thrive. And the ones who didn't are just going to have a hard time. Like, dude, I can't imagine going through this and seeing nobody this entire time. You know? Oh, I know. Like, I don't know how to do it. Like, dude, that would, that'd be brutal. (laughs) Like, it's. It's hard for me to not see 20 people. You know what I mean? Like Jana and Catherine and I, only people we've seen are um, my in-laws, Chris and Lori, throughout this whole thing. Because we were hanging out with them so often. They live like seven minutes away. We were hanging so often that it was like all this, all the restrictions came about. And we're like, well, we hung out for three hours last Thursday. And we did this last whatever so we're like we're just gonna keep hanging out we're gonna isolate from everybody else they did the same thing but um aside from that like our faith our 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 church quickly pivoted um which i would say we've been about relationship the whole time quickly pivoted started doing facebook live uh instagram live like devos every couple nights like all kinds of things to engage people that um wouldn't normally be in the building necessarily and i think it's been awesome you know and i'm excited to go back to the building at some point because i just i feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like you know the easter weekend like i i heard what you guys were saying trinity church you know and i've never met anybody here but i want to come be a part of it and like like, I think that's going to be the response. Um, so, but at the same time, I think we're always going to be pushing um, content about Jesus on all the social media platforms going forward where we didn't have to before, but now we have to. So yeah, I'll be curious I how many churches continue it. Yeah. Like, is this their new normal and they keep doing it? Cause so there's churches knocking out of the park, like yeah. the content that in, the church today in America, where we live in two worlds, right? Like we live in community and we live in content. That's what we do. We produce both or produce an environment for both. Um, right. And the churches that are really embracing how do we provide community and content in this digital world, I think I think you're going to thrive. I think you're going to see some cool things from an um, innovation standpoint that like yeah. people are figuring out that maybe they didn't, the church didn't do before. Um, that has an impact to, to share Christ's uh, love and sacrifice with the people that didn't hear it before, but also innovation on how, what does church community actually look like and how do we yeah. engage each other and love each other. And um, There's definitely going to be a moment when it's finally like, hey, back to normal. It's going to be like, yeah. probably feel like Easter to some extent, like that kind of feeling 
where you're mm-hmm. like, this is like a really good day. Like yeah. I get to see my people again. I get to hug right. and, and right. touch my people again. Right. Um, and get to be like, I always knew it was true. <laughs> I knew Corona would end. Like yeah. all of it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a, man, it's such a weird time. It is a weird time, but dude, um, I don't know what, uh, I'm not even sure the exact right way to say it, but like, what's different about you as a follower of Christ going through a pandemic than if you didn't have the hope in Christ? And when I, when I say didn't have the hope in Christ, I just mean like, I always benchmark that against like, didn't have hope in Christ is like, I don't believe in God or I don't believe there's a way to know God personally. So maybe like the, um, I don't know, maybe I think God's real, but I don't have a name for it. You know, the it God, um, it's just, I think God's real. So that's who I benchmark it against. But like, as you go through this pandemic and fear is like, being actively pushed to you by every media outlet because that fear draws eyeballs. Um, It's being pushed. People are scared. What the heck looks different about you as a, as a person who knows Jesus in this moment than if you didn't know Jesus? Yeah. Um, That's a good question. Like the fear piece doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Hmm. Really? So like when you see it, like that seems like, like the norm. So what do you mean? No, yeah, yeah, and I think that's what doesn't make sense to me. Of like, why is this the norm? Like, yes, Corona is bad, and yes, here in the United States, I think it just passed sixty thousand deaths, um, which right? is an incredible number for a bad reason. Um, but the fear piece, I don't know. I don't try to live my life by fear in general. Like, I'm not a fearful person. Like, I don't make decisions based off of fear and. Um, typically I try not to even engage the emotion. Um, but let's be honest, I don't engage most of the emotions. So that's just one of them. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, you're not. I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I, I guess I can see how people get there. It's that like hopeless feeling of like, everything's going to be different. It's never going to be the same. Um, my life is over and you know, I, you know, both you and I are both fortunate that we have jobs in the midst of this and our jobs are safe and all those kinds of things. Um, so I wonder like those that are in the service industry and those industries that completely just shut down and they have no income Yeah. and they're relying on the government to be their savior in the midst of this. Like, yep. I get that fear. (laughs) Like I can, I can understand that piece of it. Um, yeah, but I think it's just, you know, it always comes back, my God's bigger than this. And I know that sounds yeah. cliche. I get that. Um, but you walk long enough with Jesus and, and you see him do some pretty remarkable things. Like you and I lived through 9-11. Not that we yeah. lived through 9-11 in the sense that like we were actively affected right. by it, by the, not the acts of it. But, but, but you know, we, were, we were both very cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Oh, for sure. That was part of our um, life. Yeah. And there's fear in those moments. And how they acted out that fear I think was probably easier for them because they could blame somebody right like right. oh I'm just going to blame all the Arabs right. and I'm just going to hate Arabs from here on out right. we just got to um, bomb somebody that's right? all 
and Corona is a little bit different than that of like, well, unless you, you know, jump on board with the, the extreme right wingers and what, no. China and all those kinds of things. Right. We don't get into that. But um, yeah, but China's like 10 billion people or whatever their number is. <laughs> like, it's not 10 billion. I can promise you that. <laughs> so many people. <laughs> I think that I think the entire earth is like 7.7 billion. But OK, uh, well, we'll give China like one of them. One billion of, of that. OK, it's a big number. Um. But like, so I get the piece of like, I can't blame anyone, right? I could, yeah. I could blame the supernatural, I guess. I could blame God or if I believe in a higher right. being, it's his fault. Um, I don't know. It's easier, I think, for us to cope when, when we can blame somebody, um, probably yeah. with most things in our lives. But um, yeah, the fear piece, like, yeah, I guess logically, I, I understand how people get there. Um, but I've been walking with Jesus a long time. Yeah. Um, I've seen him do greater things than this. I've seen him. Um, not that I believe in the whole God is for, you know, the United States. I'm not in that camp. Um, I think we're just a country, but, um, I think God, I, I think if you walk long enough with Jesus, um, there's a level of faith and trust that we know no matter what happens, good or bad, we know matter what happens, he's in control. And because he's in control, I have peace. So I'm not worried about it. Um, now I can worry about it, man. We could get in the midst of it all, right? <clears throat> my mom right. thinks she had Corona, so like it was in my house, and I'm probably asymptomatic. Who knows? Right. Um, we could all died, but like, why well, want to go down? Why do I want to go down those roads? Like, of right. what could, what if? Like, right. What if lives are just that's a hard life to live. Like, that's a life right. that's gonna eat you from the inside out. Right. Um, and not a life. Yeah, that, man. That never, never drive your car anywhere because what if? somebody swerves across something and hits you or what if you're at a fast food restaurant and the grease catches on fire and it blows the propane like there are so many there are so many ways that you could die and those are extreme examples but like as a as a parent something that i have thought about a ton of times and i know you have too not knocking you for not having a kid it's just like as a parent you think about the worst case often (laughs) of like what is the worst case scenario of having a frog pond in the backyard we have this little frog pond and it's like i can quickly think of the worst case uh about that but man if i just dwell in that all the time then i don't know should i board up my my door that goes out back and should I make a 10 foot fence around it or fill it with concrete? Like what, what's the appropriate response to some level of potential danger, you know, where coronavirus is, it's a thing. It's a real thing. And there's people that have died from it and it's like, it's a pandemic, you know, but if we know Jesus, then it's like, Hey, you could die any day, you know, you die any moment. So how can you be prepared to die without constant fear and thinking about it? You know? Yeah. Like, and I think too, like, and maybe death is the scariest unknown for people. I don't know. Um, but like, yeah. there's a piece of it that not knowing what happens after that. And granted, we don't know 100%, right? Like, 
Sure. We live in faith of what we believe happens after after death, but right. um, there's comfort in that too. Like, right. I'm not worried about, and not I'm going to heaven and there's pearly gates and everything's perfect. Right. It's I'm with Jesus wherever that happens to be. Yeah. I didn't um, have I'm not control separated from him, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. And I, my scariest things are like, what if you suffer in this life and you can't get out of this life? Like that's yeah. real fear. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Like if and I don't know how what the symptoms to the extent are with Corona and how you actually die. I know it's respiratory in nature and heart attacks sure. and aneurysms and those kinds of things. But um, can you imagine like suffocating to death? Like the fear What's of the that? other side isn't the scary thing. It's how that could happen. That would that would get me. But it's at the same time like, it's not things I I spend a lot of time thinking about. It's just not my yeah. personality, and Jesus can be in control, and I can I can just live in that and be okay with yeah. that. Um, now, if I was in a different situation right now, and like life was hard, and you ask me yeah. these questions, I might have a different answer. But now life is good, so I don't. Yeah, it's not it's not a difficult answer to answer. But no, yeah. you're talking about. I don't know if I ever told you this, no. um, but I have like this constant. I shouldn't say constant. It ha- like it comes up every like. I don't know. It used to come up a lot and now it comes up like every year or so. But I have like this daydream or like this experience where my son's like, I don't have a son, but if I did, uh, he's like eight or nine years old and he's riding his bike and he gets hit by a car and he ends up in ICU. You did mention. Um, And we don't know if he's going to make it or not make it. Like this is just weird. I hope it never happens. I hope it's just, you know, the enemy or my brain playing crazy things on me and it's not God preparing me for what may happen in my future. Um, but it's in those moments, right? Like what, what is our faith going to do in those moments that holds us through? Um, but it's the same now, like there's people losing their loved ones and their life isn't over. Like their life is going to continue on without them. And it's, what do you do with that life now? Right. You can't change the past. They're not coming back. Um, mourn, Grieve, I'm, feel the pain of that loss, um, but don't sit there forever. Like your life's not over yet. Like there's still right. other things to do. And in our faith, we're going to look at it and say, "Hey, if you're still breathing, Jesus still's got a, still has a plan for you. Like He's not done with right. you. There's still hope here. Right. Um, so chase the hope." Um, and I think that's where, I think that's probably where our faith and our strength comes in seasons like this, where fear doesn't take over. It's we still have hope. Like it's not over, dude. I. Even though the family you may be singing, more. and the the you did tell me that one time the kind of daydream of like the absolute worst case scenario. You know, you get married, you have a kid, like it's all going great, and then seven, eight, nine years later, like they're riding their bike and get hit by a car, and you're in the ICU. Like that is horrible. Like I don't want anybody to be there anybody but i get that like i i think that is like you that is our ability as humans to imagine like here's the worst case thing how do i react what does god do in that what do i do why why did that happen all of that but man and this is gonna put you on the spot and maybe a good question to answer with and I I'm happy to answer too but or a question to to finish with but like dude if I'm if I don't know Jesus and um and like my my grandma 
not even my grandma. My mom just died from this and I'm not that old and she's not that old. Like, man, if she just died of coronavirus and all this crap is happening and I don't know Jesus, then like, what the heck, how do I process that? And like, as a, as a person that knows Jesus, like, what do you do if you know me, yeah. you know, like, that's and a, your answer doesn't have to be perfect, man. This is no, with you. that's mind. a hard one. No, like, but like, what my heart breaks just thinking about it, like that being a possibility right. and someone experiencing that, like, <clears throat> can I preface this with like, I think about if my, I've thought about this often. My, my dad is 66 his dad and his dad before that died at 65. And I'm just like, huh. my dad died at 66. You know, right now, what would I do? I don't have an answer. Ooh, be hard. So, well, so, and right, like, no, I don't have a great answer. And the, the stereotypical Christian response, and it's a horrible response, and I don't think it's biblical or Jesus at all, is everything happens for a reason. Well, yeah, sure. In the grand scheme of things, I, I guess that's somewhat true. Um, in the midst of a horrific situation like this, n- no, like right. And um, remember, this is like this is me. <laughs> you know me well. Yeah. But I just don't know Jesus in this scenario. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's anything you really can say. Yeah. Um, I think you just be there with the person. You don't try to answer the questions and there's hard questions running and I don't know is an okay and acceptable answer. What they want is comfort and care. Like they just need to know people are in their corner, um, yeah. wanting to love them and care for them and sacrifice for them any way that they possibly can. Um, but I, I think too often we think as Christians that we have to have all the answers and that's just, that's just not reality. It's not true. Um, Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, and, and you know, there's, there, there's a piece of it that, yeah, I carry a hope that maybe you don't carry if you don't, you're, right. you're not a follower of Jesus. Um, and I'd love for you to experience that same hope um, yeah. that your life's not over, that as hard as this is, um, and as this, this situation is going to mark you and mark your future, right. um, it doesn't have to define your future. Um, like you can still push through this and, and hopefully find hope and normal, normalcy again, or at least maybe not normalcy, but like a new normal right. um, that you're someone that a normal with hope. Yeah. yeah a normal with hope. Like your mom yeah. is now gone. Um, that's going to, that's going to change who you are to some extent. Um, right. but it's not going to, it doesn't have to change your future necessarily. Like right. Jesus is still for you. Um, so yeah, like how do you find the right time in that situation to share that hope? Like the last thing that dude wants to hear in that moment is, Hey buddy, you're a sinner. Right. Uh, I don't know if your sin brought this on your mother might've, who knows, Oh my gosh. Uh, no. but you should repent no, of your sin not... and find Jesus. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I think there's this other side too, like this whole idea of everything happens for a reason. I think we as Christians, think way too much of ourselves to believe that everything that happens in our lives, God initiated or God allowed specifically for you. 
Because the reality is God could be teaching you a lesson about whatever right now. And that could affect my life. Doesn't right. mean God's teaching me that specific lesson. Right. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to learn anything from this experience. Right. All it really means is you're going through something and the byproduct of you going through it is affecting me. It's the same thing with like choices, right? Like we get to make our choices and your choices are going to affect my life. Right. Your inse- this is the thing that pisses me off probably the most in people is when your insecurities affect my life. Oh, that drives me nuts. Um, deal with your insecurities, dude. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we're as important as we think we are. No. Um, do I think there's a but bigger scheme at play? way more important than we think we are is the weird thing. Yeah. I think Jesus from the, from the sense like I think I think God views us as like you are the reason I sent Jesus. Even that though is true. there's been billions before us. But that is true. That, you know, I think it's when we get like, into the hyper spiritualized of things yes, that yes. everything is about me. And all reality is there's 7.7 billion people on this earth and Jesus much as involved in non-believers lives as he is in, in involved in believers lives. Um, yeah. And all of that works together in some grand scheme of things that is way beyond my pay grade um, and way beyond my understanding because God is much greater than that. And hopefully we get to heaven and we stand before him one day and all this gets revealed and we're like, Oh, that's how it all connected or played yep. together. But I don't think it's as important about us to make comments like that to a grieving individual is not comforting by any sense of the imagination because you literally right. just said, uh, God killed your, your mom. Yeah. And you're like, well, I, I don't know if that's true or not true. Uh, right. So I'm not taking a stance on it. Right. Um, death is a real thing and sin, uh, death is the result of sin and sin is still right. rampant in this world. And that's not going to change until Jesus comes back. Um, right. And that's going to have an effect, and death is going to continue to live until Jesus, you know, returns, and it all, you know, is put back to how it's supposed to be. But um, yeah, I don't know if there's a good. There's a. I think you just be there for the person, like let them know yeah. you love them, let them, and you sit with them. Like you know, my yeah. brother had a good friend. His mom passed away. He was a freshman or a sophomore in high school, um, mm. so super young. Um, mom had diabetes, um, had a bad instance with it and passed away and um we spent you know a handful of nights over there and there wasn't Mm. a lot of talking going on there's a lot of crying going on and just sitting there and being there i didn't have any answers for this family and i don't know why any of this happened um but i can be there for them in the midst of it Um, i can try to love them the best i possibly can in the midst of it um but to end this with a story i'll end it with this story same same situation um I'm coming home. It's like two or three in the morning. Uh, I've just spent the last six hours um, just sitting quietly with a family that just lost their mom, a deep, you know, a, someone yeah. they deeply cared about and loved. Um, I'm driving home and there's like a pothole in the middle of the road. So I swerve around it uh, and there's a cop behind me, um, ways behind me, but I noticed him, right? But he saw me swerve. So I keep driving and I drive like three or four miles to get to my house and he follows yeah. me the entire time. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, and then I pull into my neighborhood and he flips on his lights and pulls me over. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And like starts through all his normal like DUI questions, right? Like right. this dude's drunk and I'm just going to have to prove right. it. Um, to the point where like he's questioning me about my driver's license, not having the right address on it. And I'm getting into right. like logic questions just to like test my whatever. Right. Uh, thankfully, right. I didn't have to get out of the car and like do the perp right. walk and walk in a straight line. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's hard. Like no matter who you like, are, it uh, doesn't matter. 
You're like, yeah, this is a bad day. I didn't tell him about it for years. Like, I didn't even do yeah. anything wrong. And I was like, yeah. I feel ashamed. I don't. Yeah. You know, oh, we need to cover that in this podcast at some point. Yeah. Shame. Shame. Oh, I'm not a fan yeah, of shame. Talk about that. Oh, we need to dive we into that to... one. Yeah. That's a biggie. Yeah. But hey, dude, this was our first podcast. This. Like that's. Yeah. Wait. 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 What oh, sorry. What happened? Oh, let me go. That was a whole story. Yeah. yeah he let, let you go. What yeah. did he say? Just like, oh, you're fine. And um, you told him like, listen, no. this was the, this was what was happening. Like, no, I did what? tell him what was happening. Like, he's like, where are you coming from? On oh, a friend's house. He just lost his mom. Ah, okay. Um, this yeah. and that. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah. No, he eventually let me go. I was literally like less than a block away from my house. He didn't believe yeah. I lived there. I think he followed me home if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but it was like a rental house at the time. And I think the mm-hmm. previous tenants were drug dealers. Um, because oh, like wow. random cars are like all different times of, a night would like pull up right in front of it. Someone would like get out and like start walking up and then like run wow. back to the car and just take off. And you're like, what oh the heck is That's going crazy. on here? Such a weird neighborhood. Um, but yeah, it wasn't as, I can say that I was pulled over for a DUI because it makes for a good story. <laughs> Without but it wasn't. DUI. Yeah, but it wasn't actually. Yeah, that that could be a, a two truths and a, and a lie right yeah, there. I was, yeah, I used to say this too. I got I, this happened twice to me now, but um, I used to say all the time I got fired by a church my first job. Um, I was custodian, and we like to say we got fired because we thought it was a funnier story. Um, but they actually just laid us all off so they can hire one full time person um, to do to clean toilets. Uh, but <laughs> now I can't say that anymore because I got fired from another church, <laughs> uh, which is a whole other story, probably for a different podcast day. But uh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. yeah, a funny story up to this point. Now I can't I can't use that joke yeah. anymore because I'm like, that's oh, a, I really was fired. That's a good point. And I do think at some point we got to talk about shame and how we react to it, how oh, we sure. react to it, but how, but also how we should react to oh, it. For sure, you know the fact that Jesus died for it shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, no, yeah, dad. dude, this was this was our first episode of podcast and. I don't know if it was any good, but I'm I feel okay. But I assume it. if we keep doing it, it will get better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People are just so, like, hold on with us. We'll keep pushing through this. And eventually we'll get really good at this and be a lot more entertaining to you than we actually right. are, have been so far. Right. Right. And if you're one of the like two people that don't know Josh and I and you have to happen to listen to this, <laughs> like, give us a few episodes. Give us a little time yeah. because you never know. It may it may turn into something good. Yeah, but, you might actually enjoy it at some point. Yeah, but this much I promise you. We're just normal guys, you know? And we're trying to trying to do this thing right. And we're learning along the way. So um, as imperfect as a close as that is, that's all I got to say. Um, so Josh, for me. you want to take us that home? For me. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to us yet, please subscribe to us. Yeah, that's um, right. This is... We call ourselves this Jesus Life Podcast. Um, Just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. Uh, Hey, thanks for listening. 